Blog Talk Radio. Double J, JJ, 
Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. Sorry, let's check that again. Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. Hey, King, great to be on. That was a hell of an introduction, and that opening uh, theme to King Jordan that you played, that was definitely bittersweet, and we got a lot to talk about today. Yes, and uh, let me introduce another guest. I believe we have the wrestling historian, been following it for 30 years, hotlines, everything. My pal, I think we have Dominic Valente. Dominic, are you there? Hello, mate. How are you? Okay, we do have Chicago Sun-Times wrestling uh, reporter, Black Jack Brown. So uh, the story is with uh, CM Punk. And uh, before we get anywhere, uh, let's play this clip about the CM Punk walkout. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll review it. We'll start with Punk. You all know the basic gist of what happened based on all the emails that I've gotten over the past week asking me about it. Punk showed up at Raw last Monday night, the night after the Rumble. He met with Vince McMahon only about an hour or two before the show, and he told him, that's it, I'm going home. And he left, and he boarded a flight back to Chicago. And has not been heard from since. And so here we are with CM Punk only, you know, what, two months? Is it two months? About two months away from WrestleMania now. Seemingly gone from the company and out of the picture. He still has several months left on his contract. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. I've been getting message after message after message about, is this a work? Or telling me flat out, this is a work. Don't be gullible. All of these different things. Punk uh, was at the Wizard World Convention in Portland last Friday, a couple days before the Royal Rumble. He did a Q&A. Hindsight being what it is, you know, you watch the, the highlights that are up on YouTube and all the signs were there of his unhappiness. You know, he said this is Daniel Bryan's year. He'd like to see him get the main event spot at WrestleMania, which was interesting given that Punk, you know, Punk's one lone goal, he's talked about this before in wrestling, is to headline a WrestleMania. And even he realizes that Bryan should have gotten that opportunity this year. And, and maybe he still will. Um, but you watch the, the, the video, and Punk just seems overall disinterested in wrestling right now. You know, he said he shows up, they tell him what to do, he does it, and he leaves. Hardly the, uh, the rebel character that he was portraying back in 2011. It's almost like the system has beaten him down. Uh, he talked about not really taking a break over the last 10 years. His body's beaten up. You know, the dude's burned out. And it has nothing to do with Batista winning the Royal Rumble. He's very friendly with Dave, and, and he even said in the Q&A, it's different from The Rock, and at least that, you know, Batista signed a long-term contract. He is back full-time for, for two years, supposedly. And, you know, I get where Punk is coming from, but I heard that, and I rolled my eyes. I know I talked about this on the sound off at the time when reports were leaking out from people in the company and other wrestlers about how unhappy the wrestlers were, that The Rock was coming back to take a spot away from them, not realizing, of course, that Rock was going to do monster business for them, which he did, and that they would all benefit from that. So I don't know why Punk is still crying about that. Those two WrestleManias with Rock in the main event did bigger business than any other WrestleMania shows ever. And there's nobody they can bring back and put in that spot short of 
Steve Austin in the main event, maybe, who could do the kind of business for them. You know, and even Austin, he's not nearly as big of a star as Rock is now. He's been out of the spotlight for over a decade. So Rock was the one guy, if you could bring him back to work your biggest show of the year, you're a fool not to jump all over that. I don't think Batista's going to mean nearly as much in that spot. But to kill that rumor, it, it wasn't Batista. He's not the reason for Punk's uh, discontent. It's been reported that one of the main points of frustration for Punk right now was being programmed with Triple H at WrestleMania. That was the rumored match. That was one of the, the top two, probably, top two or three matches scheduled for WrestleMania this year. And I guess, you know, Punk's not buying what they're selling. He doesn't see that as being the kind of match that he wants to be in at WrestleMania. And I'm sure that won't make Triple H very fond of Punk, which can make things interesting when and if he ever comes back. And I'm almost sure he'll be back, you know, whether it takes six months or a year, two years, whatever. I mean, you can never say for sure, because look at Jeff Hardy. He was the number two babyface in the company at one point. Big, big star making a ton of money. And he left on his own. Now, granted, he had the drug bust after that, but it's going to be five years, if you can believe it, and he's still with TNA. Jeff Hardy's a, a free spirit, does what he wants. So is Punk. It's not so much about the money with Punk, because walking out right before your biggest payoff of the year at WrestleMania is a pretty strong case, I think, made there that there are more important things to the guy than money. He doesn't seem to live a, a lavish lifestyle. I saw that interview he did from his kitchen with Ariel Helwani. He's got himself a nice apartment, but it's not like he lives in a fortress like John Cena does. And, you know, there's other rumors out there that, in terms of the money, he was upset because he didn't feel he was properly compensated for certain events in the past. And one other point he brought up in that Ariel Helwani interview, and this is not just, you know, dirt sheet rumor BS, he, he said this flat out on camera, is that he doesn't know how this new network, which is now launching in less than a month, is going to affect WrestleMania payoffs and payoffs for future pay-per-views because a lot of the wrestlers, especially the ones like you know Punk in his position, even though he's been demoted of late from where he had been, let's say, a year ago when he still had that, that title run going, and he was headlining the Rumble against The Rock, and he headlined uh, Elimination Chamber against The Rock. He had the match with The Undertaker or Mania. <clears throat> so he, he was involved in some pretty high-profile pro pay-per-view matches. I'm sure his pay-per-view payoffs were, were quite nice. Uh, probably a lot more than somebody like a Kofi Kingston would get. But nobody knows how the launch of the network is going to affect payoffs at Mania and, and elsewhere for the for the wrestlers. Punk is among them, and, I, and apparently that was a point of contention with him, to the point where he actually brought it up in that interview with Ariel Helwani when he asked him, oh, what do you think about the new network? You know, as a wrestling fan, this has got to be like a dream. And Punk said, yeah, I wish something like this was around in 1997, but... And then he, you know, he went into the whole payoff issue. So that's part of it. Uh, you know, and then there's other rumors that he was unhappy realizing he was never going to be the top, top guy. As long as John Cena's in that spot, it's always going to be Cena. Brian, of course, has had this groundswell of support in recent months. Uh, and, and one of the reasons Punk wanted to turn heel when he did last year was so that he can be the number one guy, at least on the heel side. You know, and I think, I, you know, think back to when Edge was the number one guy on SmackDown. Many, many years ago, Edge carried that brand. That was a position that Edge embraced. You know, Edge didn't want to be on Raw and get lost in the shuffle and play second and third fiddle to John Cena and Triple H. At least then, he was able to get away from those guys. 
he was able to get more television time and be the top guy on a brand. And there is no brand split anymore. There has not been a brand split for many years. You have one WWE, the storylines overlap now on Raw and SmackDown, and he realizes that he's just not going to be that, that top guy. So it's a combination of all of these different things that have led us to the point that we are at right now. And my view is this. If the guy is burned out, I get it. You know, it's a hard lifestyle. What makes this different than Steve Austin walking out on the company in 2002? Because I got a ton of emails asking me if the two situations are identical, how do they compare? You know, they compare a little bit, but, you know, it's a yes and no. There's no straight answer to that question. Are they identical situations? No, but they have a lot of similarities. Austin was not happy with the plans they had for him creatively. They were going to give away the first match between Steve Austin and Brock Lesnar for free on Raw as a King of the Ring qualifier with Brock going over. And Austin looked at that and said, fuck that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't have a problem losing to Brock, but now's not the time to do it. You build up a match like that for pay-per-view. And he's right. But he was still wrong to walk out the way that he did. And today, Austin acknowledges that. He says it was the biggest regret that he has, walking out on the company back then the way he did. There's a right way and a wrong way to handle things, and he handled it the wrong way. He admits that. Because when you do something like that, you know, even if you feel you're right for doing it, it affects everybody else in the company. It's a selfish thing to do. With Punk, this, is, this has been building for a while now. Okay, this was not one day... I don't like the creative plans for TV tonight. Or, you know, one day, oh, I, I think I'll go home today. The signs have been there for a while. Sounds like there was a, a really good chance he wasn't going to re-sign when his contract expires in July. But the thing is, he's got, what, five, five or six months left on his deal? You signed the contract. A very lucrative contract, I'm sure. Honor your deal. Don't walk away and leave everybody else in a lurch. And I'm not even talking about, oh, he let the fans down. You know, the only fans that Punk let down are the fans who paid money to see him at the live events coming up in the upcoming weeks and for the people who paid to see him at the Access signings WrestleMania weekend, which I'll, I'll get to in a second. In terms of letting down the fans, those are the only fans that he actually let down. All these other fans, the big CM Punk, oh, he let the fans down. What do you, he let the fans down. Did you specifically pay money for a ticket to see him in the next month or two? Because if not, I don't see how this affects you. This affects the people who work in WWE, especially heading into WrestleMania. They have plans in place. This guy's going to wrestle that guy. All of a sudden, one of your top stars walks out, and now everything has to be reshuffled. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe in the end it actually works out to everybody's benefit. Maybe we get a stronger WrestleMania card because of it. But this affects a lot of different people, not just himself and not just Triple H. You know, and maybe he's right. Maybe they could do better than Punk versus Triple H. Maybe he figured he was losing the match. That'd be pretty stupid if, if he was going to lose, but who knows? It could be any of those things. But it's disrespectful to walk out an hour or a couple of hours before the show. Now, some people are still skeptical. They think it has to be a work. It's not a work. Not everything is a work. Some people still insist that Montreal was this elaborate work. Probably the same people who claim to see Bigfoot 
or little green Martian stealing socks off people's feet. Let's see how many of you get that reference. Elvis and Tupac are not off somewhere making a duet. Okay, WWE went ahead, they pulled Punk from all of the access signings WrestleMania weekend, and they replaced him with Ric Flair. They're not going to piss off people who already paid to see Punk, and possibly, not even possibly, they're, they're offering to refund people's money. People are getting refunds issued because when they paid for their tickets a week ago, whenever access tickets went on sale, they were expecting, and they paid good money because I think a basic access ticket is like $40 or $45. Those VIP signing tickets are a lot more. They may be more than double. So there are people that paid really good money to specifically see CM Punk, take a picture with him, get his autograph, and now WWE has to refund people's money. I mean, what, it's part of some elaborate angle? If they paid that much attention to detail, I'd have nothing to talk about anymore. It'd be great. But they don't. And so if Punk did bail on them and, and did so only a little while before the show last Monday, that's not cool. You've got to honor your commitments. Chris Jericho wasn't happy with his position in WCW. He decided he was leaving. He was going to WWE. He still had a few months left on his contract. He knew he was going to get jobbed out by Bischoff on his way out. Should he have just said, oh, you know, in March and April, screw you, I'm going home? I'm sure WCW would have claimed breach of contract and it would have turned into a whole big legal mess. But no, he, he gutted it out until the end of his deal, and he made the jump. When Brock Lesnar decided, I hate travel, I hate people, I'm beat up, I don't want to do this anymore, did he hop on the next flight back to Minnesota? No. He finished his contract out. He did the job to Goldberg at WrestleMania. I'm sure he didn't like it, but he did it. He made the commitment. And he was factored into some big plans they had for WrestleMania. He didn't just go home. I'm sure if they wanted to, they could take Punk to court for breach of contract. You know, they're not going to do that. Not if they have any uh, hope of getting him back at some point. I don't think they want to burn that bridge. You know, I mean, look, he could very well come back before WrestleMania. I'm sure they're going to try. I don't know if Punk would want to listen, but of, of course they're going to try to get him back as soon as possible. I'm sure they would love to have him back by the time Raw comes to Chicago on March 3rd. Maybe he'll come to his fences. They just had an NXT taping on Thursday with fans hijacking all the shows that night with chants of CM Punk. Security confiscated a whole bunch of Punk signs. It's going to be very interesting to see on Raw this week and in the weeks to come what the reaction is like from the crowds at the arenas. You know, maybe those Daniel Bryan chants start to get drowned out by chants of CM Punk. I'm not too worried about Bryan. He's, believe me, people will still cheer their heads off for the guy. He'll be fine. If he, if he, look, if Punk's not back with them by that Raw on March 3rd, you know, that's going to be a fun night, okay? <laughs> We're going to have a hijacking that like we've never seen before. And I can almost have sympathy with WWE in that case. I have no sympathy for them when it comes to Brian. They get what they deserve. But when it comes to Punk, believe me, they didn't want him to leave. This was his decision. So I think in that case, it might be fun for us to watch on TV, and it might be fun for the fans in the building that night, but I would have a, a little bit of sympathy for WWE because this was not – you could say that they, they helped contribute to the situation. Maybe they helped even cause it. But the guy walked out. Nobody forced him to do that. That was his decision. If the people there are pissed off that – they expected Punk when they bought their Raw tickets and Punk's not there. Blame Punk. Don't blame Vince McMahon. And uh, the belief now is that Daniel Bryan will be slotted in most likely against Triple H, taking Punk's place at WrestleMania, which would mean the rumored match with Sheamus is off, thankfully. 
I think that's an improvement from what they had planned for him before. But if you're Sheamus, this goes back to what I said before about walking out and how that affects other people, you're probably not too happy about that. I still think they're making a mistake if they don't put the belt on Brian at WrestleMania. You know, Extreme Rules is in Seattle, so I guess you could do it there. After that giant reaction he got last month on Raw, I'm sure he'll get a hero's welcome. But to, to delay this thing even more, I, I don't know. You know maybe, maybe the chamber, maybe the elimination chamber is the place to do it. We already know Brian is in the match. So even though there's five other guys, Brian is getting his title shot at the pay-per-view later this month. Maybe have it come down to Brian and Orton, or even Brian and Cena. I'm sure the place would, would come unglued. You don't want it to be like the chamber match from SummerSlam, where Goldberg was super over in that match. That was the night to put the world title on him. They didn't do it. And then when he finally won it a month later, it just wasn't the same. But for WrestleMania, a match with Triple H at least makes sense for the story they started last summer. And it's a better match than Sheamus in that you know there ain't no Triple H match that's going to be opening the show at WrestleMania. You, you, you at least know that much, okay? Whereas before, if it was going to be Brian and Sheamus, I absolutely would have seen or would have expected to see them open the show. And that's just not the position you want to put a guy like Brian in. Forget whether you think he deserves to open the show or end the show or whatever. Can you imagine if they put Daniel Bryan in the opening match of WrestleMania? How that crowd would just crap all over the rest of the card except maybe Undertaker's match because I think they have enough respect for him not to do that. So maybe they should. If it's going to be Brian and Triple H, they've been building this up since the summer, maybe they should put that match on last at WrestleMania. I'm not a fan of, of relegating your world title to second or third-rate status, but I guarantee you if they put Batista and Randy Orton on in the main event, it's going to be a disaster. It's just going to be a disaster. And this is your WrestleMania 30 main event, right? This is one of those landmark WrestleMania shows. I mean, they'll call it the 30th anniversary. It isn't technically. And... You're going to put Batista versus Randy Orton in that spot with the way the fans have been reacting to these guys. And you have a lot of international people coming in for WrestleMania. So I don't buy for a sec, oh, well, you know, you don't know how the crowd's going to be that night. They might behave themselves. I, I don't see that happening. I've been to two WrestleManias now. This will be my third. And it's a relatively new phenomenon. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we're, we're in the middle of this very weird period here where the fans seem to be revolting. And you can say when you're at a show, people are like sheep. If one person starts to chant and ten people pick it up and another ten people pick it up, and soon, you know, soon the entire building will be doing it because they just follow the leader, okay, well, that's fine for one or two shows or maybe a, a crowd the night after WrestleMania who just wants to have fun, and you get a bunch of people chanting silly stuff, and it just kind of catches on. We're seeing this now week after week after week, after week. You know, the story of the Royal Rumble this year is ha going to have nothing to do with anything that really happened on the show and have everything to do with what didn't happen and how the crowd completely hijacked it. That's the story of the Royal Rumble this year. Do they really want that to be the story of WrestleMania? They have to have enough foresight to see, okay, Randy Orton's not over. Batista has his fans, and, and there will be weeks where he gets more cheers in certain cities than others. But there is this underlying feeling of resentment by a certain portion of the audience that this guy was away for four years, he's making movies, he came back, and, and a lot of those people may not even know that he's back full-time. They may look at Batista and, and think that he's got the same kind of deal that Rock has and that Brock has. And 
who is this guy to come in and we're not going to see him at house shows and we're not going to see him on TV every week, even though Batista is doing house shows. And Batista probably will be on TV every week. But there's this underlying feeling of resentment, and you take those two things, a guy who's not over and a guy who is, but you have a segment of the audience that really just doesn't like him for whatever reason. I mean, I don't think they want to have a main event that kind of mimics Goldberg and Brock in the Garden at WrestleMania 20. That match was a spectacle. It's the only word I could come up with for it. And actually, I can, that, that match wasn't any good at all. I mean, you, you envision a match between two big titans like Brock Lesnar and, and, uh, and Bill Goldberg. I went back and watched that match again recently. The first, like, ten minutes of the match is just all stalling. It, the match just it never clicked. It never worked. You could see both guys were rattled by the crowd reaction. And Batista comes off to me as the kind of guy who I don't think Batista or Orton are guys that you want to put out there. And if the crowd turns on them, I don't trust that they're going to react in a very positive way. Orton's a bit of a hothead. Uh, Batista seemed to be bothered by the whole thing. I know when the rumble went off the air, he flipped off some some guy, you know, some fan in the audience. Although we don't know what the guy said or did to him. Uh, I, I just this is a disaster waiting to happen if they keep that match as is and they put that on in the main event of WrestleMania. It's going to get ugly unless you turn it into a three-way match and you put Brian in there, which is another idea that I've seen floated around that WWE apparently is considering making it a Three-way match with Orton, Batista, and Bryan. And God knows I hate multi-man matches as the WrestleMania main event. I, I think it should just be one-on-one, whatever the match is. But that's the only way you could save that match from total destruction. Wow. Holy cow. JJ, Wrestling Insider, give me your take on CM Punk. Give me your take on the click. What's your take? Let's take a listen. Well, it was was pretty amazing. I think he covered a lot of issues that a lot of fans had questions about, about CM Punk and his walkout. And uh, there was a very, he had a very interesting weekend last week. You know, Friday he had the Q&A at Wizard World in which he answered a lot of fans' questions and they asked him about Batista playing out. And he did say, you know, it's great that Batista's back. He's a friend of mine. You know, he's here for the long haul. He's not mad at Batista. He's just kind of mad at the situation. They uh, then, the, you know, let's see. Saturday he went. He went to the UFC. He was shown on attending a UFC fight, and then he a rumble. And uh, he also did an interview, as he mentioned, with the Ariel uh, Helway Hawani, and he flat out just asking him. He goes, "Are you happy with wrestling?" And Paul pretty much said, you know, if it wasn't for me, I wouldn't care. That might sound like I got a bit of an ego, but, you know, everything could be better. You know, I, I tried to stress as much. I gave it a good shot. I can only try to do it better, you know, if they give me a second stab. Uh, you know, a lot of people have talked about this situation, like Jim Ross and even Mick Foley. And Jim Ross pretty much flat out said, when you have a situation when a talent is so unhappy, it's one of two things. It's either cash or it's creative. And it's, you know, the WWE's job to identify the problem and try to compromise and communicate with Punk so that they can resolve this issue and they can get back to business. And uh, right now, Punk is just, he's very unhappy. He's burnt out. Uh, You know, they talked about, you know, he mentioned in one of the Q&As that, you know, this is Daniel Bryan's year. And what that means is that it's not CM Punk's year. 
and you know what that means for him, uh, the WWE Network, and you know payoffs, and what that means for the boys, and what they're going to happen with WrestleMania, which is like I said, the biggest pay per view of the year. Uh, Mick Foley even said that he was shocked yet not surprised by uh, CM Punk. Punk, you know, for the most part has always been honest, and you know a lot of people saw this coming, and uh, you know. It, Punk has a reputation where he sometimes rubs people the wrong way, you know, backstage because he's just very open and he's very honest right. with his opinions. And uh, that sometimes can, you know, a lot of people might put him in a bad situation. And Punk just, uh, you know, for a guy like Punk, the sky should be the limit. And unfortunately, due to whatever circumstances, he hasn't really had the opportunity maybe that he wanted. But for the most part, him and WWE have been doing great business together ever since he re-signed. With, with them in two, uh, 2011, he even said right. back, in, back in 2011, you know, his contract was up, and he was 100% sure he was leaving. He didn't want to come back, but, you know, Vince negotiated with him, and he gave him everything he wanted. And he even said that, you know, I have a good relationship with Vince. You know, we're insomnia buddies. You know, if I got a problem with Vince, I could call him at, you know, 3 in the morning, and it's cool. So it's it's very difficult to identify the issue in Punk for whatever reason. You know, he saw his match possibly with Triple H coming up at WrestleMania. He goes, well, this isn't the match I want. You know, I feel that, you know, maybe I deserve better. Or I feel that, you know, maybe the direction you're going in and maybe a guy like Daniel Bryan who's been busting his ass and maybe Daniel Bryan should be in the main event. And maybe, you know, we can only speculate what was Punk's true intentions. Only Punk really knows. You know, he's been keeping quiet, for the most part, makes Punk a very hot commodity because everybody wants to know what's going on through his mind, why he did what he did. And, you know, they mentioned a lot of fans getting refunds, fans who paid, you know, good money to see Punk at these live events and to see him at uh, WrestleMania Access, and they're offering, uh, you know, refunds, and they had to remove him, and they're even going to the point where they're removing him from the uh, the uh, Raw intro. When you see the WWE logo at the start of Raw and they show a various superstars like Cena and Andre and Triple H and they used to have a picture of Punk. Well, Punk was replaced. They have a picture of Kane. Uh, they used to have Punk's picture for the WWE app. And now they have a picture of Cena. So right now they're just trying to cover themselves and just try to make sure that they have talent who is on who's with the WWE. They can't really rely on Punk right now because he's such a wild card, and you don't really want to promote a guy who you don't even know where he stands, if he's going to come back. And I think right now, they do, they do want Punk back, and they would like to resolve this. They would like to maybe have him for WrestleMania, but I don't know. Maybe he doesn't return. What do you do if Punk doesn't return? You know, what not happens with the fans? They mentioned there's two dates coming up that I'm very interested in. There's a date... February 12th, which Punk was promoted at the At Midnight, which is a television show on Comedy Central. Punk was advertised to be on there. It's sort of a comedy show. Uh, The Miz was advertised to be on there. And I don't know if another WWE superstar was advertised to be on there. I don't know if the WWE superstars were pulled from the show. I don't know if Punk will be on the show now due to these circumstances. He also, uh, they mentioned March 3rd. March 3rd is uh, the WWE comes back to Chicago, Punk's hometown, for Raw. And, you know, we saw Raw yesterday at Omaha, and, of course, there were CM Punk chants. I mean, they weren't, uh, they didn't necessarily hijack the show, 
but it was enough to the point where you knew something's going on. Uh, you know, there, it was in the introduction. Randy Orton was cutting a promo on Raw yesterday. You heard the punk chants. There was a match between Curtis Axel and Sheamus, and, you know, the, the announcers were kind of getting quiet. They were getting ready to cut to a commercial, and all of a sudden the fans started with some CM Punk chants. They were, we want punk. Uh, you know, even Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, who was in the main event against Randy Orton in a non-title match, and I have to think that, you know, yesterday when Triple H and Stephanie had this, you know, they had this match planned out between Bryan and Orton for the main event draw, they put them at the main event to hopefully win fans over so that more fans would be chanting yes for Daniel Bryan and acknowledging the whole punk situation. And despite Daniel Bryan being one of the hottest stars in wrestling today and this yes movement being, you know, phenomenal, it's, it's really taking over the WWE. And as they mentioned, it kind of hijacked the Royal Rumble. What do you remember from the Royal Rumble? Not much. What I do remember is Daniel Bryan and the fans just going nuts for him and cheering Daniel Bryan's name over and over again. And despite how over Daniel Bryan is, and despite the fact that him and Randy Orton had a pretty good 30-minute match on Raw, the fans still were chanting for Punk. So who's comes, the champion? And it comes to a point that are you disrespecting Daniel Bryan? Are you disrespecting Randy Orton when you're chanting CM Punk to these guys who are busting their ass and they're there every week? And then I understand the fans, they're just very passionate and they just want to get their voice heard, and they want to let the WWE know that they want Punk. But at the same time, what you know, who really benefits from this? I mean, the Chicago show is going to be incredible. I don't know what they're going to do, because Punk is, gets a reaction like no other. You think of the biggest superstars who competed in WWE who got the biggest reactions, Hulk Hogan, Austin, Rock, Warrior. Who get who get great reactions from the crowds, deafening reactions. That's what Punk gets when he's in Chicago. And I don't know how they're going to stop them from chanting Punk. They will take over the show, and that's not good if you're the WWE. If anything, you want to resolve this issue by then. And if even if Punk wrestles his last match, do it then. Have him come back, maybe advertise Triple H saying that, ooh, next week on Raw, I'm going to call up CM Punk. And he calls out Punk, maybe fires him publicly, maybe he has a, a, a match for Punk where he actually, you know, instead of waiting for WrestleMania, have a match, maybe Triple H versus Punk, and the loser leaves WWE. At least this way, they can write him off on their terms, and at least maybe they can put a stop to all these sort of these rebellion CM Punk chants, because I don't know what they're going to yeah. do. And WrestleMania has some of the most passionate fans in the world. As they mentioned, the fans will, you know, voice their opinions and make sure that they're, they're heard. And they will chant punk, and that's something you don't want. You don't want WrestleMania 30 to be known as the CM Punk, you know, war with the fans in the WWE. You want it to be known because they're putting on one of the biggest events of the year, their you know, 30th anniversary. Absolutely. All right, let's go to our wrestling historian from the Chicago Sun, Blackjack. What's your take on the situation with CM Punk? Well, King and JJ, uh, I find this extraordinary. But um, you got so so much social media connected with all this stuff. You got to... That's what it is now. Say again? That's how we're living now. 
social yeah. media it's running everything i mean um right now it does look like he's gone um CM Punk but he is committed to a contract and right. you're talking about lawsuits uh somewhere realistically in the real world and with this real media um you got to i'm sure why wouldn't they enforce that um like the contract and their verbal stuff, what they promised him. Uh, this there's more to it that meets the eye. I think he will rectify his situation there in the WWE, and um, they'll they'll come to terms with things like that. But you got uh, a lot of stuff that he's probably not agreeing with. The New Age Outlaws, Batista. You know, just a guess on my part. You know, I'm looking at it from a, uh, being in it as long as I have been and writing about it. I see a lot of things that I just can't believe what goes on today. This yeah. social media stuff uh, looks like um, dictates of what they're trying to do to the wrestling, but the, the WWE will still have the final say to, yeah. despite the social media stuff. Batista, years ago, he quit the, uh, the WWE to go pursue the mixed martial arts. Yeah. And uh, they forgave him, and they brought him back on the, a limited basis, but then they bring him back, and then they, they give him the, uh, the the Royal Rumble match. You know? Everybody guessed well, it. Well, first of all, social media is a different subject altogether. Once upon a time, we didn't have air conditioners. We didn't have televisions. We didn't have access to those things. As time goes on, we have advanced things. You know, we find we find out in 94 that OJ is in a Bronco running around, and uh, nobody knows what's going on unless they hear it in 94 uh, during the Knicks game. Now, within five minutes, you know what's going on. So the social media, I think it actually, uh, let me also say it's the anniversary, the 10-year anniversary today of Facebook, and uh, let me congratulate Mark uh, Zuckerberg on that. I do have to say this, Ian Chaotic Price uh, passed away uh, sometime last week. He worked with me a lot in the 90s on the wrestling hotline, Blackjack. I know him, uh, remember him at least. Um, he was with Mike, uh, friends with Mike, and, uh, uh, wow, uh, he did the hotline a little bit in the 2000s and uh, only in his 30s, and he was very sick. So uh, my prayers are with that family. But... uh Back to the wrestling at hand. The other giant story is. Wait, 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 who, wait, 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 wait. Before you get to that, who is the world champion right now? Is it Brian or is it is it um, Orton? Orton. It's Orton. It's, it's Randy Orton. The match they had on Raw was a non-title match. Daniel Bryan won the match, but he did title last yes. night. What a heck of a tease there. Yeah. And, uh, okay, 
Steve Borden, now 50, 53 years old. Who's that? Uh, I heard do a lot of birdies. <laughs> Actually, I, I put it in the, the, the Daily News uh, in 2012 when they gave that commercial out, and I heard from anonymous wrestlers that he did sign, but uh, that was a verbal agreement. And now I've heard that he signed on the dotted line, and uh, just like how Brock Lesnar appeared the day after WrestleMania, that's how we're going to see a Sting debut. JJ, uh, give me your thoughts if that comes true. Well, uh, I heard uh, similar things that Sting has signed some type of contract. I don't know if it's a Legends deal or... That's what he signed. The same thing as uh, Ultimate Warrior. They got the same kind of contract as far as those games and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't think Warrior will be wrestling. No, it's it's those games. As much, at least. It's not for him to wrestle in the the ring. It's for those games. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll start... Yeah, we'll definitely see... In the upcoming maybe DVDs, video games, action figures by Mattel, possibly DVDs. But uh, as Jordan sure. mentioned, I definitely think that uh, after WrestleMania 30 is said and done and in the books, and we have that Monday Night Raw, which is always a really great uh, crowd, another passionate fan base where the, the people just want to have a good time. They want to see something big to kick off the new uh, season in wrestling, so to speak. And I think for Undertaker, who's nearly, you know, 21 and 0, for Undertaker to possibly come out on Raw and say, you know, I've been doing this, I'm 23 and 0, possibly 22 and 0, you know, I've wrestled everyone there is to wrestle in this company, and maybe it's time to retire. And maybe the arena goes blackout, and you hear Metallica search and destroy, and then all of a sudden Sting comes out that would shock the wrestling world. It's something that we've been wanting to see for years, to have these two figures come out and to potentially, at that point, maybe challenge for a WrestleMania 31 match. I mean, we saw something similar between Rock and Cena after WrestleMania 27, where, you know, Rock and Cena basically came out and they said, you know, I challenge you to a match at the next year's WrestleMania. I think we're going to see something similar to that between Sting and The Undertaker. I think it's great. great. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. I think the fans would get behind it. And as uh, I think Blackjack mentioned before, the great thing about this is it gives fans the opportunity to get to know Sting. You get one year for Sting to maybe wrestle every so often and and actually gain a new fan base with the WWE Universe. And that's how you build up a main event card at WrestleMania. And uh, I think it will be really great for WWE, and it will be great finally to have the man called Sting inside a WWE ring. This man isn't getting any uh, younger, so they got to speed up this thing as far as what they want to do. they got to stay on target with this thing. Because, yeah, but uh, he's in shape. I think he could have. Yeah, he could he's have in one shape. But match. what about the Undertaker? Yeah. Same deal, you know. As long as he don't, he can't work. He's got to uh, be up for a whole year in order to come back to the next mania. Well, that's, that's what true. he's got to do. What he's got to do to get that match. Over. Even even if it's not the greatest of matches, you know they'll get through it. They're two uh, the two uh, Marley veterans, Undertaker and Sting. 
I mean, for years and years, we always wanted to see The Rock versus Hogan. And Hogan yeah. was 50, and The Rock was in his early 30s. And that match was phenomenal. Maybe one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. So yeah. you never know. You never know uh, what you're going to see um, when you're in that situation. And, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, Sting is not the, uh, I mean, Undertaker is not the only guy that uh, is going to be interesting if he does wrestle uh, because there's a lot of other guys I'd like to see him wrestle in the WWE, uh, maybe like a Batista, Randy Orton. Uh, maybe if they could get Shawn Michaels out of retirement for one match. That's always been a dream match. Shawn Michaels and who? And Sting. That's always been a dream match of wrestling fans to see that. They're all playing these games and and, and getting these uh, getting these uh, their likenesses on on these games, man. That's, we're going behind the times with all that stuff. That's too much of a no, wishful thing here. You're talking about two special people, two icons. I mean, Sting was the flagship for WCW. They can't do it, what they used to do. Well, nobody can. But the fact of the matter is, Sting and Sean were the icon. With you know, where they you know, beside Hulk Hogan after he left, it was Sean, Michael, and Bret Hart, and that was it. From '93 to to about '97, before Stone Cold got really big, it was only Sean Michaels and Bret Hart's field, and nobody else. King, we're talking about 2014, 2015. We're going into. They must have been the ultimate warrior. Well, look, he, you, you, you were there. You saw many people waiting online to, to get his autograph. He's an icon. He is. He may have that's they'll remain. Thank God to these uh, to the network now. They'll rerun all these matches. Thanks yeah. to these YouTubes, you can watch the, them in, in those matches. But they're not feeling the way they used to, man. Well, you know, nothing like it used to, but oh. Sting, Sting is quite a wrestler. He could still go. And uh, look, you know, you, you, you better get it. You can't, you can't get it five years, You don't years, want to see him doing what now. Ric Flair was doing. Look at Ric Flair. If you Ric Flair wrestled, he could probably wrestle. He'll get in the ring next week. He'll wrestle on Raw. <laughs> He'll wrestle on Raw until he's dead. Ric yeah. Flair... Rick Flair, shoot, Rick Flair, I think would right would want to die in the ring. Yeah, well, that's the way he he would go. With the, the he'll die with his boots on. Give it to yeah. him. But the WWE people won't let that happen. Well, Rick Flair has been taking the place of CM Punk in some matches at some house shows. Uh oh, so, really? I didn't hear that one. Really? Yeah. Don't think that's too much. Come on. Well, it's a house show. It doesn't matter. But if you get saying it, well, you know, I do want to get on touch on MVP for a second because I think that was a good counter. But they they have Sting. Um, in the long term, as much as this is not going to be a popular thing, what I'm saying, just like Bret Hart. 
uh, CM Punk won't matter. Once, you know, six to a, six months to a year goes by, people will forget him. They still have Daniel Bryan. They still have uh, Randy Orton. They still have Triple H. They still have their main players. CM Punk is one of the most talented and gifted wrestlers of all time. Uh, but, and he's a lot, and he's a favorite of a lot of people. But the fact of the matter is, as far as marketing, Vince can make another CM Punk in five minutes. Uh, AJ Styles could play the part of CM Punk. I'm not saying he's not going to have that charisma, but he can have those type of matches. And now that he's lost CM Punk, and, you know, he's in the ring of honor, now would be the time, J.J., maybe to snatch up an A.J. Styles. What would you think of that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, A.J. Styles just finished his run in TNA, had a similar uh, situation with Punk where he wasn't happy with the direction of the company. He wasn't happy with his paycheck. He didn't want to take less money. So, you know, uh, he didn't renew his contract. And now he is in Ring of Honor. Now he is a free agent. And now's the time, if you're WWE and you want to create that next uh, star, you might want an AJ Styles who you know can deliver in the ring. Whether or not he can cut a promo, whether or not you know the fans see him as an interesting character or not, the fact is the guy's reliable, and he'll put on those great matches. Maybe he'll build a new fan base in WWE. And as you mentioned, eventually life goes on, and people will That's move right. on from Punk. But, uh, you know, right now it's still a hot issue. Only, you know, time will tell on what happens with this. You know, for all we know, Punk could come back. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week. But you look at guys like Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, Austin, and even Bret Hart, all guys who had problems with WWE, all for different reasons. All guys who you never thought would come back and yet they have. They've made peace with the WWE. They've made peace with Vince. They're, you know, they've you know, ended their careers on a high note. They are remembered today. And at some point, Punk They might do go home. Back. At some point, they do go back home. Just That's like right. Just Punk, he will be back. Bruno San Martino, as you said, Hogan and Warrior, people have major problems. Even Jesse the Body Ventura at some point had problems with the WWE. Yeah. He came back. Piper came back. And Everybody. WWE has a thing of forgiving a lot of these people as well. They have they go out and speak their mind on all these talk shows, but all these talk shows uh, provide uh, entertainment still. Um, recognition. You're 100% right. And because, uh, look, you know, the Warrior posted on his Facebook, you know, uh, that he's doing in the middle of doing the DVD. So yeah. uh, the fact of the matter, you're, you saw that, right? Well, I know that uh, him, he's, I think uh, Ultimate Warrior should have a DVD coming out maybe by WrestleMania or afterwards. Even Paul Heyman has a DVD coming out. There's lots of uh, things in the works for, for Paul Heyman and the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, they, they showed the camera crew, you know, the picture, and it was some really good stuff. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, Warrior uh, draws money, and uh, that's why they brought him in. He's in the Hall of Fame. Now, they didn't mention uh, the next guest, right, yesterday, or did they? No, yesterday. 
Yesterday they started uh, Black History Month and they acknowledged uh, Ernie Ladd, which I thought was very cool. That they acknowledge it's Black History Month in February. I think it, it's great that they're acknowledging these superstars and their contribution to wrestling. But uh, no new Hall of Fame inductions yet. No new uh, Hall of Fame inductions yet. Okay. Well, shocked me on Thursday when he showed up. I mean, they lost Hogan, they lost Sting, they lost AJ, but they got themselves a pretty uh, nice, uh, you know, mid-card guy and uh, and, uh, MVP, and they even called him MVP, JJ. What was your thoughts when you saw that? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it was a really great surprise to see MVP in TNA. Actually, this is his second run in TNA. He actually started out in TNA as Antonio Banks, and then he went to WWE, and he developed the uh, MVP character. So for him to come back to TNA and to still be called MVP, uh, MVP is kind of a big deal, and he was revealed to be the secret investor in TNA, and he brought in the Ring of Honor boys, the Wolves, who uh, a lot of fans know as uh, Davey Richards, and uh, I forget uh, the, the names right now, but uh, it's, it's pretty big, uh, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. Uh, so it's very interesting to see where this goes. There seems to be a new sort of youth uh, movement in TNA where you got guys like Magnus, who's the world champion, uh, the right. Broman who are your tag team champions, Austin Aries, even though he's not a newbie, he's not a rookie by any means, but still there's this youth movement in TNA, and it's kind of refreshing to see these new stars and to see whether or not they sink or swim and, you know, what TNA does with them. Guys like Samoa Joe, who's been drifting around for a while, not doing anything, suddenly Samoa Joe's in the main event, and he might be challenging uh, Magnus uh, this Thursday on Impact. So, you know, it's a very interesting time for TNA. I'm curious to see what where it goes from here. They're still over in uh, Europe, so you've got a real passionate fan base who haven't seen wrestling that often, so they're really making a lot of noise, and it creates, you know, great TV. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, if they, could, they have great wrestlers still, uh, Samoa Joe, you know, yeah. Kurt Angle, you know, and I talked to his agent, and uh, yeah. his agent, um, which is David, uh, told me that he will, he is sticking around TNA, and he has no plans of going to the WWE as wow. of now. That's always subject to change. But uh, right now, that's like getting back a wrestler for TNA because they're losing so many. But uh, yeah. actually keeping uh, Kurt Angle is like getting back the way things have been going for TNA. Well, so, definitely, uh, especially yeah. they're going to inject him into the hall, their Hall of Fame. Yes, what's the story with that? Well, you know, uh, last year Kurt Angle had some issues, and he actually turned down the Hall of Fame induction uh, he said he uh, wanted to... Okay, one second. I think we might have Dominic with us. Dominic, are you there? Dominic, are you there? Okay, we don't have Dominic. Okay, uh, go ahead, JJ. I'm sorry. Well, uh, you know, as we mentioned last year, Kurt Angle turned down the Hall of Fame induction by TNA. He had some issues going on. He felt that he didn't deserve it. 
and uh, he said he wanted to earn it. And now he's, you know, he's back in TNA. He's been having some uh, really good matches here. He had a nice cage match with Bobby Roode. And he even said uh, last Thursday that he goes, you know, Dixie, it's time, and it's time for me to be in the Hall of Fame. So hopefully pretty soon we'll see that uh, finally uh, Kurt Angle in TNA's Hall of Fame. And, you know, Kurt Angle, who's been with TNA for the past several years now, he's really contributed a lot. Uh, he's helped. 2006. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, I definitely think it's deserving, you know, just like Sting. Sting, who was very loyal to TNA for many years, we thought he was going to jump to WWE, and he didn't. He stuck around, and, you know, he earned his place in TNA's uh, Hall of Fame. And now we see Kurt Angle doing something very similar, where, you know, he's being loyal to TNA. He's staying with TNA for now. And, you know, he's going to finally take his place in their Hall of Fame for everything that he's contributed these last few years. Uh, also making the projection here that uh, Kurt Angle you'll probably see uh, sometime in the summer, uh, probably, probably even be at SummerSlam. As wow. I said for last year, I said, thing, I, I said Hogan, we ain't seen really Hogan right, yet, but, but I, you're going I, to see him, I, Warrior, all these people are going to be showing up in the WWE. That's where the place is to be. Yeah, listen, I spoke to his agent, Dave Hawk. He's not coming to the WWE so quick. We've said this before. Said, I don't care what he said before. He's not coming right now. He might come later. Uh, he's I not said coming. Later. I this. said by summer. No, he's through. He, he signed through the summer. That's uh, I know he signed through September 14th. That's uh, exactly what he signed to. We'll see. Yeah, you know, this is this is a very credible guy, and he wouldn't let me down. But uh, uh. Michael Cole yesterday started out talking about uh, the uh, WWE uh, network. And he was yeah. doing the math, and he was basically saying, look, if you order it on pay-per-view, it'll be over $700 or 1000 whatever he said. And if you order it on uh, our channel, it'll be uh, $120 or whatever he said. The question is, are they competing with themselves? Are they compete? I mean, because they get a percentage of the pay-per-view buys, and how is that going to work with the whole situation now? You know, I mean, that that's a lot of money. Just you know, sixty-five dollars with HD WrestleMania cost, uh, and now just to put it on a computer for ten bucks, I mean, it, it helps out a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. But from a business standpoint, I can't understand why uh, Blackjack, why would they do that? Bottom line is money. JP, what's your thoughts? Are they competing with themselves? There's another company within a company. There's a company within a company that makes money. The end result of it is money. Yeah, Yeah, Jamie. We mentioned last week that, you know, if you ordered all 12 pay-per-views, it would cost you anywhere between maybe $700 a year. And with the WWE Network, you're only paying 120 a year. You're saving at least over $500. That's incredible. And as uh, we mentioned earlier in that CM Punk interview where they, he had an issue with the WWE Network and how it will affect the superstars, and, you know, what are they going to get from that? And the WWE themselves, they're taking a very huge loss 
I mean, they would have to really get a lot of these fans to really jump in and subscribe to their network. And I would think it might take them at least a year, a year and a half, just to break even. Because right now they look to lose a lot of money for now. Whether or not they make it up later remains to be seen. It's like a stock market thing. Absolutely. Um, for JJ, I didn't get to the New Age Outlaws, and in, in that was a cage match, right? What happened on that on Raw last night? Well, you know, uh, the New Age Outlaws did have a title defense against the Rhodes brothers, Cody Rhodes and Gold Dust. They had a rematch for the tag titles against the New Age Outlaws. It was inside a steel cage. It was a really great match. The fans were into it. A lot of people remember uh, last year, Cody Rhodes and Goldust had a cage match in Madison Square Garden in which Cody Rhodes did this death-defying moonsault off the top of the cage, and everybody was talking about it. Social media was a buzz. Again, this was a house show. This wasn't on Raw or SmackDown. It was a house show, and they had a cage match, and yet social media was a buzz. Everybody was talking about that moonsault. So finally... Uh, about a month or two later, we've seen this Cody Rhodes moonsault on Raw live inside that steel cage match against the Outlaws, and it was a pretty scary moonsault. Cody Rhodes climbed up to the top of the cage. He's about 15 feet high, and he did the moonsault to, uh, I believe, the Road Dog, and it was just nasty. He just barely grazed him maybe with his arm and just landed hard on the mat. But eventually the New Age Outlaws uh, prevailed. They retained their tag titles. So I'm curious whether or not we see Cody Rhodes and Goldust getting frustrated that they can't retain the titles back and whether or not we see a split from them. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors that Shield was going to split. And instead, on SmackDown last week, believe it or not, not that many fans are interested, but the primetime players have broken up. Titus O'Neil and Darren Young are no longer a team. Titus turned on Darren Young. He's now going solo. So that was actually a surprise to me. I didn't see it coming. I thought we would have saw maybe the Rhodes brothers or Shield break up. But instead, primetime players uh, broke up. So we're going to see whether or not uh, Darren Young can make it on his own and whether or not Titus O'Neil, who gets a lot of praise, a lot of people like Titus. They think he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got the look. He's a big guy. He seems to have charisma, so we'll see what happens uh, from here. Okay, a lot of people think that Daniel Bryan's success only uh, coming through the Internet. Uh, let's listen to Solomon on TV tracks. He has a different uh, take on that. But I've never seen a company so stubbornly ignore their own fans and ignore something so organic like what they have with Daniel Bryan. And it's not just an, oh, it's an IWC, internet wrestling crowd, overreaction. Again, I'm watching the Rumble with two people last Sunday who were casual fans at best. They see the reactions this guy gets on television. And in one case, you know, the girl loves Total Divas. She, the only reason she even watches wrestling now is because of Total Divas. So at least with one fan, that, that show works. I haven't really seen... Uh, a, a huge influx of new fans because of that show, but she would count as one of them. So she follows, you know, the Bellas on Instagram, and she knows all about, you know, Brie and Brian and Nikki and John Cena and all this other stuff. 
so that, you know, they watch the show and they, they react. It's almost eerie. They react the same way that you guys do. And you guys are a hell of a lot bigger fans than they are. And they watch this and they turn to me and they say, why is he not even in the Rumble? And I don't even have a good answer for them. All I did was look at her and I said, because they're fucking idiots. That's why. So this is not just all the internet marks so salivating over themselves. Oh, I used to watch Daniel Bryan when he was in Ring of Honor. <laughs> you know, oh, those internet nerds. This, this goes far beyond internet wrestling fans. I don't want to hear that it's all the IWC marks, okay? Fuck off with that shit. At one point this week, there, there was a petition on the White House website with over 100,000 signatures demanding that WWE give Daniel Bryan a championship match at WrestleMania 30. I didn't sign that one myself. I did sign the White House petition to have Justin Bieber deported. That one I did sign. And it's completely ridiculous, I agree. You're not going to start a White House petition over something like that. I mean, that's, that's just stupid. But this, this goes far beyond just, like, Internet fans. I'm so tired of reading about how it's only the Internet crowd who loves Daniel Bryan. Nobody else cares about him. He's so boring. I mean, look, there are people who don't like the guy. That's fine. If you think he's short, you think he's boring, he's too vanilla, he's overrated, I'm not saying that you can't have that opinion. But I keep reading it's only the IWC marks and stuff like that. That's not true. It goes far beyond those people. But let me address something else that's been bugging me. Okay? If Bryan is going to wrestle Triple H now at WrestleMania. It's not because it was all part of the plan. If Brian ends up going to WrestleMania to wrestle for the title, or he wins the championship at the Elimination Chamber, and he defends it at WrestleMania, trust me, that was not all part of the plan. They didn't bring Dave Batista back to headline WrestleMania in a triple threat match. If it happens, it's because you made it happen. So I say keep chanting. Keep chanting long and loud at every show. And that could be for whoever it is that you want to see on top. If you're a real fan of Roman Reigns, hell, chant for Roman Reigns. If you're a big fan of Antonio Cesaro and you want to see him get pushed more, chant push Cesaro, as a lot of the people already do every week on NXT. When people were chanting, we want Ryder every single week, between that and, and his YouTube show and all the hits he racked up on YouTube, which WWE took notice of, Zack Ryder ended up with the U.S. title and more TV time than he ever would have gotten otherwise. And a big part of the problem is that people are just tired of the same old faces. It's not just that people love Daniel Bryan. They want something different. John Cena versus Randy Orton is not different. Batista is not new. You'll notice nobody was chanting Daniel Bryan's name during the Brock Lesnar Big Show Massacre. The idea that the crowd crapped all over everything that night that wasn't Daniel Bryan and after his match with Bray was over is complete bullshit. They behaved themselves for the Brock Big Show match because they were engaged. Maybe they were even a little bit scared for the Big Show. He did take some vicious shots with that chair. But miraculously, John Cena versus Randy Orton, which we've seen a million times over the years, I can memorize their match in my sleep, they crapped all over. There's a message there. I hope WWE listens. And I hope the fans can appreciate a match like John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. There are still people complaining, oh, it's not, not a WrestleMania match. It doesn't feel like a strong show. I didn't see it as a WrestleMania caliber match myself when I thought that that was going to be the main event. But it's not, so I have no problem with Cena versus Wyatt. It's something different. You're getting exactly what you wanted. How is the guy ever going to get over at a high level if he's not put in high-level matches? I mean, what, would you rather see John Cena wrestling for the title again? Would you rather see another WrestleMania going off the air with John Cena winning the championship? How many fucking times do you want to see that? So it goes both ways here. I am fine with the fans chanting for Daniel Bryan. 
to answer all the questions I've gotten this week. Do you think it's disrespectful? You know what I think is disrespectful? I think it's disrespectful for WWE to shovel the same shit down our throats week after week after week. That's what I find disrespectful. So no, I have no problem with that. I hope the crowd does continue to hijack the show every single week. I encourage people to. You paid for your ticket. If that's how you honestly feel, don't just be a sheep. If that's how you honestly feel, then go ahead and cheer and chant to your heart's content, whether it's Brian or whoever. Punk, I'm sure we're going to get plenty of Punk chants. Although, like I said, I have a little bit of sympathy for them because Punk's the one who walked out here. That was not WWE's fault. But I have no problem if every building from now until WrestleMania erupts into Daniel Bryan chants during every other segment on the show. And maybe they'll get the message, but... For the people complaining about Cena and Wyatt, in that case. Okay, JJ, uh, wow, that was a great cut. Uh, what's your take on the whole situation? Well, first off, I applaud him because that was a hell of a, a rant right there. I agree with pretty much everything he said. You know, the fans are getting sick and tired of the same old, same old. Batista, Orton, Cena, these are guys who all made their debut back in uh, the... He's only been back a couple of weeks, too. That's the <laughs> ironic part, and they're still sick of him. Yeah, that's the ironic part. He just came back, and he when he did come back, he got a huge pop, and yet he won the Royal Rumble, and that's what did it. That's what really sent fans over the top. And you, like I said, Batista, Orton, Cena, they've all been here since 2002. They've had, you know, they've had matches against each other countless times, and for them to have another match, and while I understand why they would want to have Orton and Batista, the two Evolution guys from almost eight years ago, in the main event of WrestleMania 30, you know, they're staple, they're big, you know, guys back then. Now they're on top of the world. I get why they would go with that, but at the same time, we've seen it time and time again. We don't want to see it again. This is WrestleMania 30. The fans want something new, and now they're revolting. As you know, they mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, they want something different. And, you know, Cena Wyatt, that's new. You haven't seen it before. Whether or not you hate Cena, whether or not you don't think Wyatt deserves to be in the main event or not, it's not the point. The point is it's new. It's refreshing for Cena to work with somebody he hasn't worked with for the last eight years. Daniel Bryan, who the fans have really rallied behind. They love this guy. They want to see this guy get what he deserves, and they feel he deserves that main event at WrestleMania. He should be the champion. He should be in the championship match. What they do at Elimination Chamber, I don't know. If they're truly listening to the fans, and if whatever's going on, they make last-minute changes, and maybe they do put the title on Daniel Bryan at Elimination Chamber, and it comes down between Bryan and Cena or Bryan and Orton, and Bryan wins. Bryan is now your WWE champion, and Bryan will headline WrestleMania 30 against Batista. That's the match everybody would go crazy for. And the one hand, Batista would be the most hated man in the building, but on the other hand, the fans would love it. They would love to see Brian finally get what he deserves and to main event mania. Whether or not he retains the title, loses the title, at least they're giving the fans what they want, and you've got to applaud them for that. And whether or not we continue to see the fans, you know, this isn't just an Internet thing anymore. If this was 2010 when Brian was a part of the first-ever season of NXT when, you know, Wade Barrett was on the show and they had the Nexus, you know, I oh, can yeah. say yes. 
those were the Internet fans that were really pulling for Brian because they knew Brian. The WWE audience in 2010 didn't know who Daniel Bryanson was or Brian Danielson. They didn't know who he was. He was an unknown guy yeah. making his debut in a worldwide audience in the WWE universe. But this isn't 2010. This is 2014, and Brian has found a way to connect with the fans. It's not just Internet smart fans. It's an entire worldwide audience, arenas everywhere he goes to. There might be a few people who think they all now they're shoving Daniel Bryan down our throats. Well, they're not. It's the fans that are revolting, and they're backing Brian because they're sick of the same old, same old. They want to see something new. They want to see Daniel Bryan in the top spot. Whether or not he's the face of the WWE, as they mentioned, Cena, until he retires, he'll always be the go-to guy. But the fans want their champion. They want Daniel Bryan. And it's arenas all over, whether he's in Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. Fans are backing this guy with loud, deafening chants, with a sea of people standing up out of their seats, raising their hands in the air, and screaming, yes, this isn't just an Internet buzz. This is becoming a phenomenon. No, you're 100% right. And uh, Daniel Bryant is as over as as Rover. And uh, they're going to have, like, best entrances in this new uh, uh, network. And they yeah. showed the Warrior. You, you heard about that, right, J.J.? Well, yeah, they have the new uh, Countdown, which will be a television show. Well, I say television, but it's an online show on the WWE Network where they count down the greatest moments, the greatest matches. As you mentioned, one of them is the greatest entrances. And, you know, the Warrior, who he had that music playing, and he's really amped up, and he ran down the ring, and he had those armbands that were flying around. He had the big wavy hair, and he'd shake the ropes. You know, it was a really great entrance at the time. And then a guy like Daniel Bryan, who... He comes down to the ring, and he's chanting yes, and there's an entire arena of people chanting yes. You know, it makes for a great entrance. Can you find that stuff on YouTube already? Isn't all that stuff documented? For now, What's until that? WWE takes it down. Yeah, all those things that they're doing now, now they're putting it on the network. All the yeah. stuff you can find on this on this YouTube stuff. That's what I've been watching for the past uh yeah, you, you told me, King. This isn't well, nothing new. <laughs> the fact is that they're going to be removing a lot of stuff from YouTube, yeah. and you can see why, because it's going to become their content. Yeah. You know, because TNA stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, like right now you punch in uh, a WrestleMania 21, you can see it. Right. But come a few weeks from now, uh, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to see, uh, you know, any WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't think so. so. No. I, I, I think they differ with that one. I think still there's still going to be a way to illegally get this stuff. Uh, well, listen, I think what happened when people were watching it through the computer, yeah. that... That's what. Uh, that's why they're going this way, uh, because uh, they figure you know people are not watching it you know completely clear 
for for ten bucks to watch it clean and clear and yeah. HD and everything, and you won't have to go jump to site to site. I mean, look, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to admit to nothing, but there's a lot of uh, <laughs> criminals that are definitely engaging in that. I know that for a fact. Uh, but the fact of the matter is there's commercials on there. There's all kinds of crazy things. Uh, uh, but there was one time I was told that uh, my friend saw WrestleMania from beginning to end, and not one problem throughout the whole show. Wow. That, I mean, $65 just uh, saved like that is, is is a lot. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be strange with the WWE Network because it's going to change the way you watch wrestling, whether or not you're watching on television, whether or not you're watching on some pirated website that's, you know, leaking the, the footage or streaming the footage. Uh, it's going to be different. You're going to pay, you know, 10 bucks a month, and as uh, King mentioned, it's going to be, you know, HD resolution of video quality. It's not going to be scrambled. There won't be commercials because you're paying for premium content. You're going to get it the way it was meant to be seen. Okay, let me try one more time. Let me see if we have Dominic. Dominic, are you with us? Okay. Should the Ultimate Warrior wrestle at WrestleMania? Let's take a listen, and we'll come back on the other side and debate it. Um, a lot of people ask us this um, in, also, in so many words. You know, since we're big-time Ultimate Warrior fans and being realistic about his age, what role do you really want the Ultimate Warrior having at WrestleMania? Because there's rumors that he dead. They may have him face Ryback if they can't get Goldberg. Yeah, I heard about that, and I heard the Ultimate Warriors said he was ready uh, if, they, if they needed him to because he's in great shape. He's in good condition. He won't embarrass himself. He doesn't have to wear a T-shirt. I've seen him. Uh, there's clips of him working out last year at Rob Van Dam, as everybody saw, and uh, he looks tremendous. I mean, you know, the, the short hair throws you off, and he's, he's a little older. He's gray around the gills a little bit, but, the, you know, that's he's mid-50s. I mean, what is he supposed to look like? I mean, uh, and I don't think Warrior's going to be the type of guy to go uh, – dye his hair and put a hair extension thing. He ain't going to do that. He's not going to do that. So, I mean, even when he appears at the um, shows in when, when he's – because he'll do it on request. to wear the Ultimate Warrior makeup. He'll wear the jacket. But he's not going to, you know, make a, a, an idiot out of himself and try to recapture himself in 1990. He doesn't look like that anymore. You know, if I'm saying facially and hair-wise, he's got a different – Look now, and uh, most people do evolve. You know, you can't go back. I'm sure people would love to see circa 1991 Warrior, but you're not going to see that. But he's still got a very impressive physique. You know what? Yeah. I, I've been an Ultimate Warrior fan since day one. I, I'm, I, I, was, I really, like, fought before the idea of him having a match at WrestleMania. I don't know if that's a good idea. Well, Ryback, right the only concern will probably be Ryback right actually hurting him. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm he's not, pretty not. tough. I don't think he's going to, you know, if he if he feels, uh, you know, maybe this is the last to rock from, he's probably, you know, I just, probably you know, considering it. And I think it would be kind of really nostalgic. I think it would get over. I think, you know, that music hits. People would know it's the kind of music that energizes a, a crowd. Yeah, but what, it's, you I, know, he's got the ring entrance down packed. If he could still do it, uh, I, you know, I'd I, be all for it. 
I would love to see it. Well, right. I w- in a way, I kind of look at it like a little cringing, cringing a little bit because I'm like, uh, can he still like hit the ring top speed like that? I well, mean, he's an older man. This is what it I was depends. thinking. It all depends, I guess. This is what I was thinking. Because people haven't enjoyed Ryback matches for quite a while, Ryback may actually bring it down even more. And what I thought would be better suited is maybe something like maybe 3MB coming out during WrestleMania, cutting a promo about something stupid, and then Warriors music hits. And since they're even lighter in weight, Warrior could pick them up and fucking, you know, throw them outside, you know what I mean, like over his head, and he could do all these power moves, and it could be completely one-sided. And, you know, be in and there, you know, shoot your load once, one, two minutes, out of there, Beats the crap out of all of three MB and he gets out of there. Because okay, no I just have a feeling if a match no happens, fight. what's going to happen? Hey. Ryback is going to kick him, and Ultimate Warrior is going to be on the ground. Ryback's going to punch him. Ultimate Warrior is going to be on the ground, and then what's going to happen? Ultimate Warrior will start shaking the ropes, but up until that point, it might get very boring to a lot of fans. And remember, this is a younger audience that really didn't enjoy the Ultimate Warrior, grew up with him, and a lot of. Oh, there'll be a lot of old school guys in New Orleans, which is, you know, the old, a lot of old school, mid-south, UWF. There'll be a lot of those people there, too. Yeah. I just, I don't you know. know. I think he's better suited to just come out and just beat the fuck out of someone and not really have I don't, Yeah, but 3MB gets beat up all the time. I think to see Ryback get his ass handed to him by, like, one of the old muscle men from back in the day, I don't know, it might be something, and Ryback might be down for that. I mean, I'm sure if you're selling that to Ryback, he's like, I could be in WrestleMania and be the guy to help put the Ultimate Warrior over. I mean, I'm sure he would look at that as kind of a privilege. A guy like Ryback oh, sure. would look at but, that way. Will it deliver? That's and it would put him in the spotlight. I'm sure Ryback would want that opportunity. Oh, yeah. I don't, think, I don't doubt Ryback would love it. And I would feel be happy for Ryback for if that's like something that he always wants. Uh, but I heard that that was the plan B if they couldn't get Goldberg. I heard that, too. And actually, someone, I think, asked him that. Yeah. I don't think he's commenting on it, though. And he's, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I just, I'm just looking forward to the Hall of Fame. I don't think... And, and more and more, I don't think Jim Helwig is going to make a, a, her, a, her, some speech that's going to embarrass W. He's no. going to go off on a tangent how you treated me. I think that's going to be ironed out. I think he'll say some things that, that are very opinionated, and I think he might say – but I, I don't think it's going to be this insane rant. I, I think he's probably going to give a pretty good speech. He's not a stupid guy. I think he knows when to, mm-hmm. to tone it down. And, and I think this is – and his family's going to be there. I know he's talking about his daughters coming with him. I, I don't think the guy's going to act like an asshole. I really don't. I think, I think Jim Helwig will finally solidify his legacy where people walk away saying, oh, you know, despite politics, he's not a bad guy. He does a pretty good speech. He was well-spoken. You know what I mean? I think the Ultimate Warriors, perfect, lighthearted fuck you to WWE, is to come out there and be totally professional. Yeah, because be professional. Then, yeah, then, I, I don't think he's going to go off on a rant or anything political at all. I, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, because, because people that were, you know, for the most part, you know, uh, introduced to the Ultimate Warrior through that self-destruction video, I think they'll turn around and say, wow, this guy, he's not a bad guy at all. He's actually pretty intelligent, and I think that's the ultimate fuck you. You know, yeah, I mean, it is right the, and the ultimate fuck you is he's alive and doing well, yeah. and that's already an ultimate fuck you. Wow. JJ, give me your thoughts. Well, I thought they brought up some interesting points. I have heard the rumors that they would like potentially because maybe Goldberg won't show up. They, uh, ideally, they would like Goldberg versus Ryback. I don't think it's going to happen. 
the next uh, choice would be the Ultimate Warrior. You know, Ultimate Warrior, one of the biggest guys, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you know, going up against this generation's one of the biggest guys today, Ryback, and it could create a potential, you know, nice uh, match for Ryback and Warrior for him to go out on and be remembered by the fans. You know, even Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole and JBL, they all say, you know, we can't wait to see Warriors' uh, Hall of Fame induction speech. It's going to be, you know, one for the ages. But uh, as they mentioned, you know, I don't see him, you know, going off on WWE. He's being honored, you know, by Vince. He was finally chosen by Vince to be in the Hall of Fame. I think the best thing for him to do is, you know, he'll be respectful. And, you know, that will be his way to be remembered by the fans. You know, a lot of fans have different opinions of him. Maybe they don't like him. Maybe they do like him. And this way, they can form their own opinion on him based on, you know, what he does at the Hall of Fame and whether or not he wrestles at WrestleMania or, as uh, they pointed out, would be really great, was, you know, a guy like uh, Heath Slater, who, uh, you know, we all remember at Raw 1000, and he wrestled so many legends every week, every week. And a lot of the guys, a lot of the legends, they really praised him. They said, you know, he was really great with them. And uh, I think he's a guy that would take some great bumps. He's a guy who Warrior could possibly gorilla press and, you know, throw him out of the ring and they could have that big moment. That would be interesting to see. Uh, I don't know if if, uh, Warrior could do that to Ryback. Ryback is a a big son of a gun, but Warrior is no slouch. You know, I remember the commercial for the video game that he was in. You know, he's in great shape. You know, he's looking pretty good. Uh, He's not the, the Warrior of, you know, before, but that's okay. Right. He, doesn't, he doesn't have to be the warrior before. He's modernized. You know, he's evolved. He's a new guy. And I think that's great. I think it's refreshing. You don't necessarily want to see the same old, same old. Like I said, there's a new sort of thing going on with WWE. They want something new. And, you know, warrior coming in the way he is now, you know, it's new. It's different. It's a warrior that we haven't seen before. I don't know how they're going to use him, whether or not they do something like that. Again, he would have to pass. Uh, I WWE physical. Last I heard, Hogan didn't pass the physical. So Hogan, I doubt, will be wrestling at WrestleMania. There's a lot of talk about Hogan possibly being the host, similar to the way The Rock was at WrestleMania 27. So, you know, right. Hogan is the host. Maybe they have, you know, 3MB come out, and maybe Hogan and Warrior actually team up, and they throw them oh out of the God. ring. Oh, my God. That's Exactly. Could you imagine that Warrior and Hogan in the ring actually together as partners? That that would be something for the ages for, you know, WrestleMania 30. Especially uh, what he said to him on uh, on those YouTube tapes that he made. Oh, yeah. That would be one for the ages. And uh, I was just thinking if they got staying in time, who better to induct the Ultimate Warrior? The man that wow. started with him, Sting. Oh, wow! What do That's you think, only- Black Jack? You know, um, Bruno could have said a lot of things, but yeah, I guess he buried a lot of things within that company. Uh, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, Ultimate Warrior will do the same. Just certain things you just put uh, behind you. And just look towards uh, the future. You know, you got your family and, and, and getting involved in that stuff like that. Say it again. You got your paycheck. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the main thing. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, you don't. Um, you're gonna be making a good living 
on what he oh, did. Oh yeah. You know that they, they they see all that, and uh, a lot of things is more towards you look more towards your family. You know that, that, that's why uh, I think a lot of things happen the way it happened. You know you you can't uh, bury uh, grudges forever. Just like with CM Punk, he'll be back. You know, you don't very. Oh, I'm not things. worried about him coming back. But, you know, Ultimate Warrior. I wish Dominic was here. He he would probably agree with me. You know, uh, there were things that. Well, you don't like Warrior, but that's a different story. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he he put his time into the way it was. He brought a person like you. I probably would have never met you if it wasn't for the Ultimate Warrior. You know, so. Why do you say that? Ah, uh, I've never seen anyone. Um, <laughs> So behind a person, I mean, you, there wouldn't be anything he wouldn't do for this guy. Yes. You put him back well, where he was. I was a teenager was. back then. Say again? And that was, I was a teenager back then. And so were these wrestlers as well, you know? Well, not like that, but yes, I know what you're saying. The ultimate they're, warrior. They're hard uh, in a different place when it comes to the families. You gotta look out for the the family. You know, you gotta forget about certain things. That's what I'm thinking. You know, he's not gonna make a fool out of himself. You know, he he's not gonna he's gonna try to forget certain things. You know, that that was upon him. He's gonna try to bring and, things to a positive light. He's a, he's a nice person when it comes to all that stuff. And uh, who do you think will induct the warrior? I mean, it could be it's Vince McMahon. Not going to be you. Uh, it's really hard to I'm say at this not. point. <laughs> Maybe it's Sting. <laughs> well, that would be if it's not Sting. I would just say, I mean, I say probably Triple H. Triple H. I don't know. That's that's a little shaky. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm sure he doesn't even know who who's gonna. I mean, he's got to submit certain names that who he would like to induct him. You know, there's probably people that are within that company. So, yeah, I totally agree. But uh, just to recap a little, in case you're just joining us, uh, we were talking about the whole CM Punk situation. Now, JJ, do you feel that this is a work or a shoot? You know, I, I believe it's uh, very real. It's something that Punk has discussed many times. Uh, he's been interviewed by a lot of people, uh, Mark Marin, Chris Hardwick, uh, as we mentioned, that Ariel Helwani, and he's always talked about just sort of being unhappy. Even when he comes to Chicago, he said, you know, I don't know how much longer I can do this. So he's been frustrated, and it seems that he's been wanting to go for a long time. Uh, in that one interview, he even mentioned that, you know, you know, I just uh, I gave my best shot, and if it wasn't for me, I wouldn't really uh, really care anymore. You know, I just uh, I just don't care, and it's unfortunate. Well, you know, whatever job you have, if you're unhappy, if you feel like you're not uh, being respected or you're not getting what you deserve, if you're frustrated, you quit, and that's what he did. Unfortunately, unlike most other jobs, you know, he does have commitments, and he's breaking a lot of those commitments. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And the WWE is doing their best to not really blow up this whole situation. Obviously, they want to continue to work with him. For whatever reason, he's just upset of the political issues going on. He's not necessarily mad at certain 
individuals. He's mad at the situation. You know, he doesn't hate Vince McMahon. He doesn't hate Batista. It's just the situation that he's in, and he's just very frustrated, and he doesn't know what to do. He realizes that he can't win, and if you can't win, what do you do? You know, he, he feels that this is the best decision that he can make right now. A lot of people don't agree with it. Some people at least understand it. Uh, I, I do believe it's real. I don't think this is a work. If this was a work, then, my God, this was one hell of a work. The WWE should pat themselves on the back for making this so believable. You know, right. uh, it, How about it, the first time when he walked out? How many fans believed it then? Who yeah, yeah, oh, 2011. Uh, yeah. 2011, right. When he walked out, right and when he was on that we, YouTube, everybody stuff. knew right away that was a work. Uh, they didn't. They don't know now. I mean, you got companies like TMZ even talking about it. They, they did. Yeah, TMZ, TMZ reported. Yes. There you go. TMZ reported it. The same people that report uh, accurate things. People dying right away. Yeah. Just I mean, uh, uh, amazing. The news okay. is mixed up there. They mixed in the, the real with the uh, uh, absurd, looks like, you know? They go both okay. ways. Triple H did have a chance to weigh in on the Ultimate Warrior and Batista. Uh, this will be our final clip, and then we'll review it. Hunter, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Let's head back to Raw this past Monday night. Many people thought it was peculiar that you and Stephanie, the authority, were not involved in the broadcast considering we're so close to the Royal Rumble event. We are close to the Royal Rumble event, but there's a lot of things going on. It's been a busy week. Cole, in case you haven't noticed, and Stephanie and I have a lot of responsibilities. Uh, was it odd that we weren't there the week before for old school Raw either? I mean... Or you got a little conspiracy theory you're cooking up here. Well, there's a lot of conspiracy theories flying around. The Imagine that. latest has to do with CM Punk and the New Age Outlaws. They had a six-man tag match Monday night against The Shield. Road Dogg and Billy Gunn left Punk high and dry. Punk was decimated by The Shield. Punk seems to think that you had something to do with this. And considering the circumstantial evidence, Hunter, uh, it may point in your direction considering your longtime relationship with the New Age Outlaws. Isn't it funny how conspiracy theories around here always seem to revolve around CM Punk and his ridiculous paranoia? Well, I suppose it's reasonable to think I have an association with the New Age Outlaws, so this is plausible. It's also plausible that two grown men can think for themselves, that they wouldn't hang on every word of a tag team partner of theirs from 15 years ago to find out what they should do with their lives. You know, Maybe CM Punk, instead of cooking up his little paranoid, delusional conspiracy theories should just take a moment and look at himself in the mirror and say, why is it that everybody that is around me after a week or so decides to walk away from me and turn on me? Maybe there's some type of other personality defect going on that he should try to fix and forget about everybody else and why they're the cause of all his problems in life. Do you have a personal problem with CM Punk? I don't one bit. I like CM Punk. Let's talk about Randy Orton, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He spent a lot of Raw whining, complaining, uh, looking for the authority, saying he needed to be protected. Then he went into a match with Kofi Kingston. He got beat, threw an absolute temper tantrum, destroyed ringside, and then he assaulted a man's father. He assaulted John Cena's father in the front row, sending Mr. Cena to the hospital. How are you going to handle this? 
Well, first of all, it's an ugly situation that uh, unfortunately happened, and I wish it didn't. You know, Randy Orton is a unique personality. There's no doubt about it. And if Randy was looking for me and was upset about that, you know, Randy has my cell phone number, my home number. He knows how to reach me if he wants to talk to me. Um, as far as what happened with Mr. Cena, again, ugly incident. Um, we're going to investigate it, and uh, it will be handled internally. Uh, let's talk about the announcement from Monday night, the first inductee into the 2014 WWE Hall of Fame, the Ultimate Warrior. It's been 18 years since Ultimate Warrior has been uh, anywhere near WWE. Uh, many people said that they didn't think he'd ever do business with this company again. How did this get done? Well, again, you know, um, people move on with their lives. They grow, and time heals all wounds, and... Um, you know, we got to a point where it was the right time. Listen, the Ultimate Warrior is one of the biggest icons that there has ever been in, the, in this industry. Um, one of the biggest WWE superstars of all time. He should be in the Hall of Fame. And quite frankly, having the Ultimate Warrior in the Hall of Fame is what's best for business. And uh, how do you think his acceptance speech is going to be? I think it's going to be awesome. I can tell you this. We are going to give the Ultimate Warrior a live microphone, and he can say anything he wants. Must-see television. Must-see. Worth the price of admission, that alone. Finally, you told me here a couple of weeks ago that 2014 was going to be an incredible year. What a start in the first month. Uh, old school Raw had some record ratings. Uh, you've got the return of Brock Lesnar. Uh, the Royal Rumble event is coming up. Ultimate Warrior, who we talked about, of course. Don't forget the WWE Network. WWE Network, which has taken the world by storm. And, of course, this coming Monday night. The biggest one yet. This Monday night, what the whole world is waiting for, the return of the animal, the return of Batista. Hunter, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, obviously, uh, that was a few weeks old tape. And uh, J.J., uh, uh, very uh, interesting what he had to say about uh, about the Ultimate Warrior, who he lost to in about 25 seconds uh, back at WrestleMania 12. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, this, uh, this was before the Royal Rumble. This had to be about three or four weeks ago in which he talked about Ultimate Warrior being inducted. It must have been when he was just announced as the first inductee into the 2014 Hall of Fame. And uh, it was definitely very newsworthy, something that, you know, a lot of people never saw coming. And uh, as they say, never say never. And as even Triple H said in that very interview, he said, time heals all wounds. And despite the fact that, you know, Warrior beat him at that one WrestleMania in under a minute, uh, you know, it was a, a match that definitely changed uh, Triple H's career and mm. how he went from that, how he handled that professionally and what he did with it. And him and Michael teaming up together to form DX and then him going solo, uh, he had a hell of a career after that moment. So that could have been a very defining moment in his career, much like Daniel Bryan losing to Sheamus in under a minute at WrestleMania. It was a defining moment for Daniel Bryan, and ever since then, we've had the Yes Movement. So sometimes history repeats itself. Uh, again, they mentioned the Hall of Fame speech, the Ultimate Warrior with a live microphone. Uh, it's definitely going to be must-see TV. That's right, so we're the mission. Now, I hope that they air it on the WWE Network or something. I do not, under any circumstances, 
uh, hope they air it on Monday or Tuesday like they did last year. That is, would be a travesty. A travesty. Do it like you did it three years ago. Do it on the Saturday night before on USA well, Network. You agree, JJ? That's, that's the thing about the WWE Network is you don't have to worry about that delay. They might actually still air it on Tuesday on USA, but if you're a subscriber to the WWE Network, and again, if you're a paying premium customer, you should be able to watch it live, unedited, that Saturday night on the WWE Network in all its entirety. You know, lots of times when you watch it on USA, you only see a, a few speeches, and they're edited very heavily. And uh, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of great superstars who deserve their time to uh, talk and reminisce about, you know, their careers, and it's a shame that they get cut. So in uh, the WWE Network, I hope we can watch it in its entirety. That would be awesome. And Blackjack, what's your opinion about this? Triple H seems to be buddy buddy with uh, uh, the Ultimate Warrior now. Far from uh, 1996. Yeah, well, he's in a different situation altogether. I mean, look where he is. I mean, the guy's yeah. uh, king of the uh, king of the hill here, you know. And he's got his buddies that he's looking uh, to uh, support, you know, like the New Age Outlaws. I mean. Uh, and Shawn Michaels, he's looking to still bring him back at some point, you know. Uh, they be he's the type of person that looks up for his friends and people that he used to work with, you know. He knows everyone still has has a name after the wrestling, after the said and done, and then he he brings some people back, you know. He's able to do that. He's in a huge, great situation right now. Right now, there's a guy. There's a guy I interviewed uh, last last couple months ago that should be in the Hall of Fame, a fellow by the name of King Kong Bundy. Blackjack, will we ever see Mr. Bundy in the HOF? Yes, you will. JJ, what about you? Do you think he deserves it, and do you think we'll ever see him? In the oh, Hall of Fame, but you should have asked him when I had him there. They should have asked but, him. Yeah. They should have brought him in last year. You would have figured, but uh, they didn't go that route, you know. And I, I think they, I know that they will at some point in time. Um, it was in Jersey, you know. He he doesn't live too far away from there. Mm. Yeah. JJ, what's your thoughts? I mean, King Kong Bundy, and again, much like the Ultimate Warrior, these are guys who contributed to the business and created these moments. You know, a lot of people remember King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania inside that uh, steel cage, the old classic uh, blue steel cage. You know, it was a hell of a WrestleMania moment. The guy had a, you know, a really nice career in the WWE. And, you know, guys who contributed and paved the way, you know, a large superstar like King Kong Bundy, you know, he deserves his place in the Hall of Fame to be remembered and for, you know, new, a new generation uh, of audience, of a fan to, uh, you know, discover this guy. Maybe they don't know who King Kong Bundy is. You know, he's a guy who really, like I said, paved the way for the superstars of today, you know, big superstars, guys 
we would see later on, like, you know, Yokozuna, even uh, guys like, I don't know if you remember, Umaga. They were, you know, big superstars, you know, superstars like Bam Bam Bigelow, who were very athletic, you know, large superstars who, you know, made an impact. These are guys who deserve the recognition, who put the time in, and we have fond memories of. Uh, I would love to see King Kong Bundy in the Hall of Fame. Who knows? Maybe it could even happen this year, you know. You know, never say never. Uh, no question. Now, the next question is, every year they have yeah. one marquee guy to set the Hall of Fame. One year it was Hulk Hogan. One year it was Bruno last year. Uh, you know, one year it was Eddie Guerrero, uh, as far as I remember. Uh, and on and on and on. Uh, one year it was uh, Rick Flair in 2008. The question is, with all these guys being used, who's left and who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, the leader, if you will, next year, J.J.? Wow, that's a good question. As you mentioned, a lot of guys were uh, in the Hall of Fame. The the top guys, who's who's left, who's a big star, you know? Macho uh, Man. Yeah, I mean, well, alive. Uh, How about Macho yeah. Man? I mean, I'm talking alive there. Oh. Yeah, a lot of people would love to see Macho Man. Unfortunately, you know, he passed on. To have someone be inducted who's still among us and live and could do that. Right. Like you had Hulk Hogan, remember in 2005. Game. You had... Yeah. Um, Bruno last year. You had Ric Flair a couple of years back. Austin. Uh, Brett. I don't know. That's more of uh, that's different. That's not WWE so much. You know, WWE, but he still spent a good over 15 years in the WWE. Ivan Koloff is not that big of a name. You know, you know. I, He's the one that defeated Bruno really, for the title. I understand that, but, you know, Bruno was is in the class with Hogan, Austin, Cena. He's one of a kind. I, you know, even, even young kids heard of Bruno through... A videotape or Even something. Even Bruno Mars. <laughs> well, that's a different story altogether. But I'm I'm just trying to think who that could be. I mean, if they have Sting by next year, could they put him in the Hall of Fame? Is that is that a possibility? Sure. I mean, they yeah. put all these Bill Watts. They put the you know, all the Von Erichs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but it wouldn't be the same. Uh, you you mentioned Macho Man, you know, as far as other dead wrestlers, one per, two people that I really think be also in addition to Macho Man that need to be in. One is, for one is Ravishing Rick Rude and Owen Hart. Wow. Uh, what do you think of that, J.J.? Well, that's uh, that's huge. A lot of fans have been wanting, you know, Owen to get, you know, his uh, his respect and to be remembered by the WWE. You know, it's uh, it's a shame that, you know, when we think of Owen, unfortunately, we think of his death. 
it would be nice to have uh, our last memory of Owen to be in the Hall of Fame and to be honored and to remember his contributions, as I said before, with guys like Warrior and even King Kong Bundy. Guys, even if Owen Hart wasn't a world champion, that's not the point. The point is his contributions to wrestling, to the WWE, you know, all of his classic matches he had there. And uh, it's just, it should be remembered, and it should be remembered by the WWE, and it should be acknowledged uh, by the fans. Who I think in Owen's situation, it's got more to do with the family. they got family members yeah, that still won't agree with that. But it would be a big addition. It would be a big addition. You know, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, even the big show. You know, these are guys who have been around for a while. Uh, they've had a great run. They're, you know, fan favorites. Scott Hall, you'll be hearing in a couple of weeks. Maybe by next week you might be hearing Scott Hall, and it, it will be inducted in. I hope we get Scott Hall. That, you know, if they did the NWO by itself next year, that would be awesome. I think Scott Hall is also definitely. Just the originals. Just the three originals. Maybe X-Pac, maybe. But definitely Hogan, Hall, and Nash, if you're going to go in that direction. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, this uh, at this time every week I I want you everybody to give me a WrestleMania moment uh, before we end the uh, show. But before that, I just want to make a couple of announcements. Tomorrow we're gonna have on Dana and uh, Paul uh, Watts. Uh, Paul, not Paul Watts, Paul, Paul Simon, uh, to talk about the trials of Michael Jackson uh, DVD. Thursday, we're going to have Aphrodite Jones uh, at 9 p.m. sharp uh, Eastern time to talk about the Amanda Knox situation and Black History Month. And uh, also, we'll touch on the Woody Allen molestation claims, and we'll touch on... Uh, the actor that passed away, uh, unfortunately, a couple of days ago. And Friday night, 10.30 uh, Eastern time till uh, 12.30 in the morning will be nonstop MJ music. So that will be fun. Okay, now, here is my WrestleMania moment uh, before we say goodbye. Let's go back to 1996, and since the show uh, was mentioned about Ultimate Warrior a lot, let's go back when Ultimate Warrior took on Triple H, and I remember uh, I was watching it at a friend's house, and they said, quick, quick, they heard Hunter's music, and he was coming out with Ben... Uh, Sable, and uh, you heard that, and the the Anaheim crowd was getting excited. Blackjack, you were there in front row with your camera. Uh, I was, you know, much younger and uh, childlike, and I was screaming and almost crying as the Ultimate Warrior ran in, did his thing, the clothesline, the lift, the Gorilla Press, and boom, one, two, three. Blackjack, it's your turn. Give me a WrestleMania moment. 
the best one I remember. <laughs> Don't got to be the best one. We'll be doing this up until WrestleMania. I mean, uh, I, 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 I love them all. Uh, any well, any match I've seen, it's hard to pick them out like that. It really Just is. Give I mean, one. I, Just give me one, please. We'll have a chance to talk about others next week and the week's continuing. Yeah, yeah. it's just hard. It's, it's it's hard, man. I, I, I love all these you matches. Can think of one? Uh, probably LT there you versus go. Bam Bam Bigelow. Very good. That was a very exciting WrestleMania with all that uh, chaos with, with the guy from another sport coming in and uh, whatnot. Okay, JJ, uh, you are last. And you are next. Well, for me, you know, it was when I became a fan. You know, uh, I always liked wrestling, but I knew the minute that I loved wrestling was WrestleMania 10. And for me, WrestleMania 10, the whole thing with Brett and Owen, and Owen who was the villain, and Brett who was the hero, and then you know, Owen actually stepped out of his big brother's shadow, and he beat Brett. He beat Brett clean, and despite that, Brett would continue on to win the title, and Owen would be in disbelief. It was a moment that I appreciated the wrestling between the two brothers, and yet I appreciated the storytelling that would happen later that night, and I've been a fan ever since. And for me, you know, that was uh, one of the biggest uh, moments that changed for me as a fan. I didn't just like wrestling. That was when I loved wrestling. Right, right. Oh, well, the, uh, that was 94. Uh, that was the only WrestleMania, well, until the streak started. Uh, Undertaker was not at that WrestleMania, ironically. Yeah. So uh, I was always wondering what happened with that one. But uh should be interesting what happens this coming Monday uh, with uh, Raw. And we're getting closer to uh, the next pay-per-view, which is called, uh, what is the name of that, JJ? Elimination Chamber. Absolutely. Well, uh, JJ, I want to thank you a million for joining us. Your insight is amazing, as always. Hey, my pleasure, King. Always great to be on with you and Blackjack, man. A pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Blackjack, for joining AJ us. AJ King has been a pleasure. Right. Okay. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash King Jordan Radio. Tweet me. I'm on Twitter at uh, Mr. King Jordan. Let's leave you with Sting. Good night, everybody. Hello? Mm-hmm.